thinking to myself is, it is, is leap day guys is renee gonna hit on leap year i figured you would but we didn't discuss it prior to the have, show you know me well enough to know yeah. i'm hitting on leap day because it only happens once every four years so why would we not talk about it of course but of course on this leap day we've got a lot going on it's 100 days until the london series um not only are we talking london about baseball connected to the phillies but bryce harper talks london Phone boots. We've got Shoei Otani, secretly married. I already knew that, guys. He told me already. Plus, we got to rank our relievers for today, our top five. And then also, we're getting some other news, Philly news, Phillies news, uh, including the stadium and Dollar Dog Night. So lots to talk about today. Um, our, I see the chat is already rolling. We've got Dave P, Provolone John, Mickey. What's up, everybody? Happy Thursday, our first one here. Chris Lemmer. Welcome and congratulations to you on being number one in the chat today, Chris, um, and everybody else hit that thumbs up button while you hear spiral outs and let's get into all the new and yes, also new. Thank you, Mickey. First to notice my hair. My hair is also new because yeah, why not kick off leap day, Jamie, with new, that, new, new. Was it leap day inspired? No. Okay. <laughs> that would actually be really bad. New, new leap day, new me. Yeah. Sure, let's go with that. Uh, my daughter was all fired up that tomorrow is March. Um, I don't know if she knows it's leap Do year. Do you believe that people who are born on leap day are technically, you like, know, like less years? Like a quarter Do of you? the age that they yeah. actually are? Um, no. Do you? I don't know. <laughs> like if you were born on today, would you be like eight years old? Simone Basically. Gagne is celebrating his 11th birthday That's today. People yeah, who are Simone, born today... Yeah, are technically i mean that you're only you're born on february 29th and that doesn't happen every year yeah but you go around the the sun 365 days a year i don't know i feel like one it, extra it day away. i think it's kind of bullshit well technically it's 365 and a quarter days that you're going around <laughs> yeah, exactly. every year jamie no simone gagne is not 11 he is a grown-ass man that can be tried <laughs> as an adult in a court of law so no he is not 11 hey listen i kind of like that idea you can use it to your advantage i'm only 11 years old i'm not a full adult but sorry yes. officer i didn't know i could speed <laughs> miller lights on chris provolone john yes firelot thank you for the compliments and yes fingers crossed today's a good day to have a good day and it's going to be a good day guys it's happening so as we talked about, plenty of news that happened in the last 24 hours. I feel like for everybody, Leap Day brought some chaos because we get an extra day. So we get an extra day of, you know, news and updates to talk about. And we've got plenty to get into. Let's start, start with yesterday's game because, as we know, for the third time in a row, the Phillies blew a ninth inning lead. Our own John Foley stink. has a fantastic article about the good, the bad, and the ugly from the game versus – the Braves, and we also got to see the debut this for this spring training of Alec Bohm, JT Romuto, and Bryce Harper. And I know I saw, and it didn't even register to me because of Bryce Harper's injury last year. This was his first spring training game in 693 days. And I know Matt Gelb was putting out a piece about it. And as I was reading through it, it made me register because Bryce Harper was mentioning 
this is his first normal spring training with the Phillies. And I was like, huh? But if you think about it, when you look back over the years, you know, spring in 2019, um, wasn't a normal spring for him because, you know, as he joined the team, wasn't a normal timeline. Then 2020 pandemic. Uh, so it was cut short. 2021 was still the midst of the pandemic, of course, as we were like still in it. 2022, there was a, the lockout. 2023, he was recovering from Tommy John surgery. So he made sure to make this debut a memorable one. He went out there, just took the field like everybody else. But for him, Boom and Real Muto, that was one of them, that was definitely the good that John highlighted in his article. Definitely go check that out at allphly.com because you had JT Remuto first at bat smashes a ball out of the ballpark. Um, Bryce, uh, Bryce Harper had a single in his first at bat, and then Alec Bohm also had a first hit, a first home run off of his first at bat, going two for three. Welcome back, boys. Welcome back. Yeah, I mean, uh, the end of the game is irrelevant because uh, what's the guy's name? Hold on, I have it here in front of me. Uh, Austin Bryce is not going to be contributing to the big league club this year, so it's really easy to just throw that out as not uh, mattering. Uh, the Phillies smashed the Braves yesterday. Yeah. Um, is what matters with the starters in. Well, majority of the starters in. Uh, it's great to see that from Bohm and Real Muto in debuts. Uh, and as Rich said in the morning newsletter and John pointed out in his story, the most encouraging thing was probably just how natural Bryce Harper looks at first base. Yes. Uh, he's put in a ton of work with Bobby Dickerson. Uh, he's been playing Paco ball. He's been doing all sorts of work at the first base position. And, and I, I forget whose story, it might have been Gelb as well, was just saying that the toughest thing for him is not necessarily, um, you know, diving for ground balls and stuff. It's just mentally being aware of where he needs to be on every play. Uh, remembering he's the cutoff guy on certain hits. Uh, and and he, they've been stressing that to him. Uh, and once yesterday he was able to recover because he's such a good ball player. Uh, he made a slight misstep the wrong way, but yeah. was able to recover back. So it's just like minor stuff like that. I think the actual glove, there's really no worries about. It's just mentally getting his head, you know, fully kind of just in that thoughtless process of playing first uh, is his biggest obstacle. But I mean, John put out the tweet yesterday, and it's hmm. probably a little unfair to think Bryce Harper could be gold glove caliber because, uh, you know, Christian Walker and Paul Goldschmidt and Matt Olson's exist. But, like, it's going to be the best first base they've had played here potentially in a really long time. I mean, Ryan Howard was not excellent. Reese Hoskins was not excellent. Um, who am I missing in between there? Like, they haven't had really good first base play uh since Rico Bronya? Like Tyler, am I missing anyone? Renee, anybody come to mind? No. Travis uh, Lee Travis, and Rico Bronya. Travis Bronia? Lee was a pretty good defender. Travis Lee and Rico Bronya were both good defenders. But look how hard you have to think to remember. Am I, am I missing somebody in that decade? That's a thing. Look how how much you have to think through who is yeah. Who else was was a top first baseman? But that's why I said this could be a breakout year at first base for Bryce and he's my favorite first baseman coming into the season because you look at natural. you look at game one i mean the dive he makes the, yeah. the the and the composure with how he's playing also you know it also is encouraging because we're now getting he had a full off season he's been working through pocketball as you mentioned Tommy which is like Joseph. <laughs> and it's like you're now getting bryce having that confidence too at first base of just knowing where he is and what he should be doing so yeah i'm it's very exciting to see the way that he returned back 
Uh, of course, yesterday, as we were talking on the show, marked the anniversary of his signing with the team, of him joining the team officially, and makes his return back to spring training and did so in a very exciting way as we were like, ah, all right. We've got a, a great first baseman in Bryce yet again. Derek Hall's not terrible. Let's get a little thumbs up in the chat for Tommy Joseph. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Spiral Out. Uh, the, the article did go on to say, like, the hardest thing he's is going to be picking balls out of the dirt. And, he, and the article said, you know, like, it's tough to simulate that stuff. Yeah. Um, but, like, he's so good um, that I don't think it's crazy to think he can be a top 10 defensive first baseman this year and maybe even get into the top five if he mentally gets there. I always go back to the uh, the scene in Moneyball where they're trying to recruit um, Scott Hatterberg. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, you're not going to catch anymore. You're going to play first. And uh, <laughs> he goes, yeah, Wash, tell him how easy it is to play first base. So Ron, Ron Washington's like, it's, it's incredibly not, hard. <laughs> it's really difficult. So it's not a movie. Like, you're not moving a ton, right? You're not roaming gaps in center and left center you and right center. You don't need great defense. You're not having – yeah, you don't mm-hmm. have to be elite level at short or elite level behind the you know behind the plate or at third base. But I, I think that the difficulties in first base, at least for me, was its footwork – it's positioning. Yeah. It's positioning's half the battle. It's half the it is because like you know a lot of times when you go to scoop a ball, it almost is going to look like wow, what a great play and you went you turned your head and you you yeah. laid it and you made the play, right? And mm-hmm. look what I found type of deal. But <laughs> if you position your body in the right way, if your footwork is good, if you know how to play the bat like using the bag to your advantage is so significant playing that position. Yeah. And Bryce Harper's an incredibly smart baseball player. He's he's if he hasn't, he's going to learn very quickly those kind of little intricate details. Playing the position of first base is not physically demanding, but it is almost like a mental battle a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I know Purple and John's agreeing in the chat, knowing it's half the battle. You know, it's a lot of just the mechanics, the mentality. It's definitely big. Uh, you know, speaking of mentality, we know Bryce Harper's been talking about his mentality that London phone booth classic mentality that he was speaking of. And you have to imagine every time Bryce steps out on the field that he's going to bring that. And he was mentioning how him and JT Romuto have been actively talking about just staying inside the phone booth. And for him, you know, it's not about even the mechanics specifically. He's like, listen, there are, you know, a lot of opportunities out there. There's swing evaluation from, you know, different companies. There's you know, other ways to to, eva- to work on your mechanics, your, your at-bats. But overall for him, it starts by staying in the phone booth. And he was comparing it to that red phone booth of making sure when he gets uneven, when something happens, to just stay in it. Jeff Hoffman was actually talking about the same thing in an article I was reading about him, about just wanting to be in the moment and be present. And for Harper, that's that phone booth mentality of mm. if you can master it, he's saying it'll help in the long haul, of uh, being focused more on right right here right now and then that'll help him be able to master and then be able to focus on the other things but it starts by just being present being able to stay in the play so I do feel like we're going to get even the maturity level as you talk about Tyler that mentality that Bryce Harper is going to bring of you know mastering his craft staying in, in his win- in his ballpark in his window each play as he's going through it. So I I just... Stay in the phone booth. I like it. Stay in the phone booth, Bryce. Stay in the phone booth. Maybe we should uh, create a uh, Bryce Harper uh, emerging <laughs> from the London phone booth for the uh, the London series coming up in what? You said 100 days? 100 days until the London series. My cousin series. who lives in Germany. I don't, I don't I haven't seen him in here recently, but shout out Mike Gidgout. 
uh, said he's going. He just got his flight that. over to the London game. You know, it's easy in Europe. He's like, yeah, we're just popping yeah, over for the weekend. I was like, yeah, that's that. nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, I stay in the phone booth, Bryce. And as he talked about, for, we know for many players, he was mentioning, like, he knows when his swing is correct. He knows where he needs to be. He knows where his body needs to be, what his path needs to be. And now it's just a matter of staying in the phone booth. So stay right there, Bryce. Stay in that phone booth. Um, on the other side, something that's very interesting as we keep an eye on other teams going on how they're going through spring training around the league. I know Jason Stark was mentioning Ken Giles, and I'm take it a step further and talk about Chris Sale also, because hmm. Chris Sale kicked off his spring training earlier this week, going two perfect innings, striking out four, including he had a 96 mile per hour fastball. With 18 inches of run, he's has, you know, in the last years, he hasn't thrown over 150 innings in a single season since 2017. And then between his return to spring training, in addition to Ken Giles, who, as Jason Stark was reminding us, hey, remember, remember Ken, uh, who hasn't pitched in the big leagues in four years. But then again, Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos and Alec Bohm in his first appearance with the Braves this spring, struck all three of them out. Um, so it had I was thinking uh, Braves. Got some steals, boss. And listen, it's spring training. It's it's very early, and we're not going to get irrational. But ah, Ken Giles uh, and uh, that was Chris a painful Sale. tweet to Yikes. read. We <laughs> talked about Ken Giles, yeah. And you know the Phillies were there scouting his bullpen session like two months ago, and you kind of talked. We talked about like you know it's kind of a fun flyer to take because if he is fully healthy, finally. Um, you know, he had stuff at the major yeah. league level and he was very promising at points and pretty good for two or three years. Um, I really hope that doesn't work out for the Braves. <laughs> hope not. Because if they find the, um, uh, I was going to make, uh, the Jerry Jer Jones glory hole reference, which is actually oil related, but, but I already, I kind of talked myself into yeah, it. You again. can't. Yeah. But, but can't if they strike gold, I guess I'll say uh, a little 49ers reference. If they strike gold <laughs> on Ken Giles, that's that's going to hurt because it was a it was kind of like a no risk signing. It yeah. was just a little bit of financial. I'll have to look up exactly what he got, but it was a minor league invite. It was very even, low. Yeah, it wasn't even a, a major league, mm. uh, you know, signing. So, like, I really, you know, you, you pull for Ken because he, he was a Phillies farm yeah, man and he came up not, through the system. But, like, now he's the, a brave. It's like, I don't want to wish you well. No. No, like happy that you were able to work back into Major League Baseball, but not too happy that we want to see you do well with the Braves. So, yeah, yeah and I mean, my guy, it's not about being scared of him or Chris Sale. Chris Sale's nasty. Look, he is the highest case per nine uh, in the history of baseball. And his like injuries when healthy, have been, I was going to say, injuries he just have been, been the healthy. issue. Yeah, so if he, if the Braves end up getting like 175 innings out of Chris Sale this year, I'll be shocked, one. But two, he, you know, it could be a decent <laughs> move by them. Um, we just, it's not a GM, Alex Anthopoulos is a really good GM. So mm -hmm. like when you look at it through the scope of his moves, you go, ah, well, sh well shit. If that was somebody else signing Ken Giles, I'd be like, <laughs> but the, it's Alex Anthopoulos <laughs> and the Braves and they're a really well run organization. And it does, you know, it's like the Rays kind of in a way, yeah. like the Braves are that good where they make a move. You go, ah, is that going to work? Oh, no. So, yeah. you know, hopefully they both don't work. But <laughs> Chris Sale, if he stays healthy, could be trouble. Exactly. Exactly. Well, so uh, hopefully the streak ends today with the Phillies three consecutive games of dropping the ninth inning. The lineup did come out today, and then the Phillies actually tweeted out a new lineup 
So the updated lineup is for the Sosa Phillies. Sosa is a sprained foot or something? Yeah, there's. Well, Sosa is in the lineup for oh, today. So oh, it yeah. starts off Max Castillo will be getting the start on the mound. And then you've got an order for the batting order. You've got Bryson Stott, Trey Turner, Derek Hall, and Mundo Sosa is out there. Uh, Garrett Stubbs, Christian Pache, and then David Dahl, who was originally batting last, now bumps up to Former spot. All star David Cave. Jay Cave is out of the lineup Nick for today, Cave. the starting lineup for today. Yes, and then Scott Kingery, and then because Dahl moved up two spots, Matt Kroon actually slid into that final spot. The so there's the final uh, updated lineup for today's game. Of course, every game uh, continues to be around that 1-0 time slot. What do you think, Tyler? Can we circle David Dahl as, like, uh, the dark horse? Because he's a lefty, correct? Uh, you could, Can we circle him as a potential dark horse to uh, steal a spot? He couldn't beat out Pache or Cave, could he? I... I, I would venture to say probably not. But he did have a really good year in Colorado the one year. Having having a guy having a former All Star, a guy that you know has a little bit of pop in the bat. It's never a bad thing to have depth. No. Um, do yeah. I think he could beat beat out Pache just because he's left handed? Probably not. Do I think that he could beat out? He could beat out Cave because he's lefty. Uh, yeah, I would. I, I could see it happening. I I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think that. I don't think either of those guys are going to make the roster, quite no, frankly. But that's why they're dark but horses. <laughs> I, I, if you're going to pick one or the other, I would I would like to, you know, I, uh, again, Cave being able to play first, I think keeps him around um, a little yeah. longer than he should. Yeah. Um, to answer your question, maybe. I, I really don't have a good firm Solid answer maybe. for you. Yeah, he's an, he's an interesting uh, invite to camp. <laughs> and Mickey's saying, hopefully Cave gets traded. So, yeah, I know we've talked a lot know, about what the need future will hold. I know. As much as I think it's overrated at times when you're talking about bench pieces, you need a lefty on the bench that isn't Garrett Stubbs. Yeah. I mean, this guy's had four at-bats. Sorry, four games, nine at-bats in Major League Baseball since 2021. Yeah. Mm. It, it's really, really long shot to have somebody yeah. like that make a roster. Yeah. He would have to have an incredible spring. Exactly. Well, we'll and see. And get put on the 40. Yes. Right. We'll see. Today, 107, the game gets started against the Blue Jays. Um, and we are getting closer to our own time down in at spring training in Clearwater. 13 days away that, from being down in Clearwater wow. ourselves because opening day is just 28 days away. Now, for all of you guys, if you are interested, of course, remember, you can join us down in spring training. That's right. We're having our very first PHOI spring training takeover where we will be down there for five days from March 13th through the 18th. We'll be able to hang with Philly's legend, Charlie Manuel. We've got for St. Patrick's Day, a private yacht that will be on with catered dinner, drinks for a booze cruise. And of course, because we are partnering with Philly Sports Trips, who's doing a fantastic job. They recently sent us our itinerary. They are taking over all the logistics for you, making it nice and stress-free. They're planning the entire experience, flights, hotels, game tickets, transportation. And you can get those details over at allphoy.com slash events, where you can book trips. We've got our PHOY spring training takeover. We also have other trips and events that we're doing around all things Philly sports. So make sure you take advantage of those details and the information again at allphoy.com slash events, because we are headed down to Clearwater guys, less than two weeks. That's, that's mainly why I got my hair done because we're going to spring training and it's oh. time to start getting ready, packing, thinking, I'll have to lay out my you know, start thinking, right. Start thinking yeah. about what you're going to be wearing down Which in flip flops sunny will Florida. I wear today? I actually have to order a new pair of flip-flops. See us down there. We'll be there. Clear yeah. water. Uh, but, yeah, I'll have to start laying out my outfits for Vince. You know, I got to show oh, up on the Lord. Philly sports trip. 
Uh, it's going to be a great time in uh, Philly sports. Maggie's been, and I've been seeing a lot of people advocating for speedos for you guys. So mm. guys, bring I, out. I'm a Borat speedo guy. Big oh, out. No. Yeah, I don't go Not just banana hammock. I just go <laughs> Borat suit. Please don't wear speedos. Uh, uh, and this is, uh, I think, my sixth or seventh trip with Vince and Philly sports trip. So really looking forward to it. Uh, and we can bring you another great offer here at PHLY. If you're thinking about flooring in your house. I, I, I got to tell you about EmpireToday.com slash PHLY. Why would I tell you about that? Because it's $350 off new floors. You know Empire. Renee knows the jingle. Everybody knows the jingle. You've been hearing it for years. You've been hearing it because of the best, uh, because their reputation is upheld through all this time. Uh, there's a ton of imposters out there, but they're going to not bring you the best and empire today uh, with their in-home virtual floor designer is a great way to see how your new floors are going to look in any space you're putting it in uh, and what empire does is they come through the best to bring you the best not overwhelm you with hundreds of different options and choices they'll listen to you find out what you want to get done have you take a look at it virtually in your own home uh, and make shopping for floors easy and not overwhelming. They pride themselves on the convenient shop at home experience. We help customers shop for floors in their home that they would put in their own home and how it looks with their lighting and their decor and their cabinets. So you have a really good understanding of what things are going to look like uh, in your house. So schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can get that $350 off when they use the promo code PHLY, restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHLY for details. All right. Well, let's keep running through on this leap day. Hopefully you guys are making the most of these the extra 24 hours that we're getting. Uh, if you haven't already made the most of the extra 24 hours by hitting that thumbs up button in the chat while you're here, let's continue rolling through. So our latest edition, Whitley Merrifield, Whit Merrifield, that is, um, has been having a great start in my opinion to his time with the Phillies. I know personally, I feel like he really embodies a lot of what we appreciate here for Philly sports and what we, uh, you know, what makes athletes here so relatable and, you know, guys that you want to root for. And so Witt was talking during the game yesterday about how he feels like there are several guys in the clubhouse that have already gotten the business side of their career done. The, you know, the contracts are done. They're locked in for several years and now they're, all on the same page about that major goal, which is winning the last game of the playoffs. And so for him, he wanted to be on a team that had a chance to win. He wanted to be on a team his entire career. He's talked about that was there on the doorsteps and Toronto was close, but the Phillies are much closer. And so it's been for, for him focusing less on results and more on his progression each day, preparing for what he hopes will be the longest season of his career. And with that, he also has been getting some extra reps back at third base because he hasn't played third base in seven years. Mm. And the Phillies are expecting that which super utility man Merrifield is going to be able to play a ton of roles for this, this team. Second base. Fuel to the fire. Yeah, I think everywhere. they're moving Sosa. If you're putting them at third, Sosa's the backup third baseman. They probably want to get a sense of, you know, can he still do it? It's mm -hmm. been seven years. So... He's getting the Bobby Dickerson boot camp and uh, getting some time at third. Uh, Edmundo, you better step up and have a good spring. Exactly. Either is, for trade bait or for your own uh, salvaging. Witt is putting the pressure on because if he's able to slot into these various spots to help the Phillies, um, you don't really need to have those individual backup guys because you've got 
wit to be able to step into any of those roles. So glad to see that he's getting those extra reps at third base, especially since it has been seven years since he played there. Um, and so this is the time. Take advantage. Get those extra um, reps in. I know in the chat, Mickey, you're saying uh, Sosa, you believe Sosa is out. Yeah, I mean, listen, someone, someone's job is, is up for grabs right now. And, I think uh, he's getting traded. Sosa, I think, would make sense because of what you can get for him. So, we'll yeah, see. I mean, Cave and, and Merrifield could basically... Cave, Stott, and um, Merrifield could essentially cover your infield um, from the bench pieces. And then Cave... That's another reason why, you know, on top of being a lefty, he's probably going to make the team because he can also play outfield. He gives you a little bit of versatility, mm -hmm. uh, which is huge in building a bench. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Exactly. All right, and then some other things around the team. Um, look, game days are going to look a little different this year, but they might look a little different many years from now. Let's start, it, we'll start with this year, though, because there's a lot going on down at the ballpark around Citizens Bank Park that's changing over the next 10 years. But for this immediate season, the Phillies did announce the promotional giveaways and events for their 2024 schedule with some changes. Now, there's going to be some things such as they're doing London Series-inspired giveaways. They're doing Coca-Cola Photo Day. But the one that has a lot of Phillies fans not happy, I saw in the chat earlier in um, our show, and I know I've been seeing it all over Twitter, is the change in Dollar Dog Night. So mm. now there has been the change for the first time in 27 years Shame. that the Phillies are ending Dollar Dog Night. Shame. And instead, they're going to have two Hatfield Phillies Franks BOGO Nights and yes, BOGO, buy one, get one deal. So instead of getting dollar dog night, you get you can buy a hot dog and you can get two for the price of one. You buy Shame. one, you get one free. And with this, the Phillies are trying to um Shame. They, as they said, this is the claim is to have that on for the ongoing Shame. commitment. <laughs> Shame! <laughs> the, the claim is to provide a positive experience for all fans in attendance. Shame! As we know, Dollar Dog Night in the past brought some other shame. Um, well, dickheads shouldn't be throwing them around the stadium. Like, there are repercussions for your actions, you dumbasses. Of course, when you start throwing them around the stadium and wasting know. hot dogs, they're going to do something. Like, you idiot kids. Back in my day, you could just get Back your whole row, a bunch of hot dogs, and hand them out, and nobody threw them around, and nobody was trying to go fucking viral. God, you ruined a good thing. Jamie just back in my day does. He did. I did. He yeah. definitely did. 
Would you, back, would, back in my day, would you, you like could just to go buy scream, the home row. Would you like to go shake your fist at clouds, There too? didn't used to be a line down Ashburn Alley. It got so stupid. because back in your day, you could go to the vet for $4 and buy an entire <laughs> Dude, section. But for real, back in my day, Hatfield used to give out tickets. When the Phillies sucked in the late 90s, you could buy a Hatfield pack of eight-pack of dogs at the supermarket, and in it would be literal coupons for tickets. Yeah. For free, for buying <laughs> oh. hot dogs. Now we're at buy one, get one. You can't even get a free dog anymore. Because a dog in there is like, I want to say it's like 450 or five bucks. So now remember. you just went from uh, five bucks getting you five dogs to getting two dogs for probably five bucks. Yeah. Shame. Yeah. Shame. <laughs> and half that shame goes to the idiots throwing them around, and half of them goes to uh, this decision. Oh, okay. Because there is repercussions for your actions. You can't throw around yeah. hot dogs like a bunch so, of a-holes. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't really know. Okay, I know that Cursor said this is why we can't have nice things. Exactly. This is yeah, why. You screwed you up. Know, when people talk about Philly sports fans in general, it's these types of things where there are small groups. And I always say it's not all Philly sports fans. It's not everybody at Citizens Bank Park. But there's a group that ruined it for everybody else. $5. Because I they want to throw it. it. Throw hot dogs around. Um, but what I don't... So I mean, two hot Bogo, dogs for five bucks. Bogo's going to change it, I guess, because you're paying more. You're paying $5 for one hot dog and getting a free one. So you're getting two so hot dogs for five So you're less likely you want to throw a hot dog because you yes, paid more? because you paid two fifty for it. I mean, it. I guess that's valid. Yeah. It's gonna, it'll work. Nobody's going to throw... You know, in this economy, <laughs> Renee, nobody's well, going to be throwing around two fifty dogs. If you need a reason to laugh, Tyler's got one for us because this tweet went out <laughs> that Jamie found. Jeff Jamie, I'll McDevitt. let you do the honors. Sha yeah, shout out tweet. to Jeff McDevitt on Twitter. Uh, he's a really funny follow. Uh, put this one out. Gave me a nice little chortle before the show. Chortle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as we all remember, the infamous fanatic lawsuit of what, three or four years ago oh when he gosh. had to temporarily change uh, before they settled and they gave him some eyelashes and <laughs> some blue hair in his tail to slightly change it. Uh, so Dollar Dog Night versus BOGO Dog Night. Uh, that was a good one. <laughs> Trevor, you're saying throw batteries, not hot dogs. No, throw nothing. Don't throw anything, guys. Yeah. We're still living. We're still dealing with the batteries that people yeah. are still Shame. remembering. Shame. Snowballs, batteries, hot dogs. Stop throwing stuff is what it comes down to. Um well, yeah, the light up bracelets at the flyer. That was Ed Snyder night. That was actually I feel like a pretty embarrassing night. I feel night like for the while city. we're on these the discussion of frustrating things. Oh, wait, actually, I almost forgot. There's more changes happening in the city, guys. If you haven't already heard, which I'm sure you have, changes down around Xfinity Live. Now, we've been we've talked about Xfinity Live and how it is as a, a social, you know, ex opportunity for fans to go down. You can tailgate and go into Xfinity. You know, especially if you don't feel like paying to go into the games, maybe you go and you just hang in the parking lots and you go to Xfinity, which is typically very crowded. I know we've talked about it because the crowd there in general is pretty young. And so um, there's op opportunity because it's so unique what is around the Philly sports complex of having all teams there. And that's the hub of it. And now the city allegedly is trying to up the hub and increase the opportunities to on business, residential side, fun, drinks, food, more access uh, for people to be able to even live there. So there's been different reports that have come out that have shown the images of what it's supposed to look like. This is about a 10-year project. So I, I saw 13 years that it would take where they were going, they're going to build out the area around the sports complexes. They're going to add a parking garage that's going to be able to allow for about 10,000 parking spaces because they're going to take the parking lots and swap those out and build residential housing 
some business um, corporate buildings, I should say, as well as some more, you know, food spots and things. And then Xfinity Live itself is getting a remodel where they're going to actually add an extension to it. So this is exactly what the area is looking is going to look like in the next 10 to 15 years, where it's also going to have this outdoor walking space. So they want to minimize less of just the traffic driving through and have more of a walking opportunity for people. To, it's more walkable, I should say. Everybody park in that garage, walk through, maybe take the subway down. Maybe you're taking an Uber or Lyft and they're trying to increase to have more, you know, of a full on community experience. There's the Flyers um, arena that's going to be built there. They're also talking about having a concert venue. They're trying to have an all an all around experience for people of all ages. And then also just really wanting to ramp things up a bit for the city. And I personally was kind of like, I like the Xfinity live editions. They said they're not going to close down an Xfinity live while they're adding on to it. They're adding on to the outside, basically making more of like an outdoor seating area, a two, a multi-level spot where people can hang with drinks and watch, you know, games on the screens. So I see the need for tweaking things. You're not getting around traffic down there because traffic is always going to suck coming in and out of Packer. Well, they can That's attempt just, to, uh... but a garage, a garage would add more parking, which I like. But then I know people are saying, wait, what about our tailgating spots? Like the lots are going to be now buildings. And that's part of the experience, too. You go down, you hang out in, in the lots, you're tailgating. So I like the the concept. I know people are saying it's just a reason to try to keep the Sixers there. Yeah, it's but, basically a Flyers uh, move to attempt to keep the Sixers. You know, the Flyers and Comcast yeah. have offered them a 50-50 share of ownership. Sixers want 100% of their own building. So right. uh, it's an attempt by them to keep them. It's probably not realistic in the designs you're seeing, but I think the overall concept, as long as the neighbors around the stadium complex, like Packer Park people, and, yeah. uh, as long as they don't have a major problem with it, I think it's a good thing because... Um, you know, look, tailgating is never going to die in Philly. You're still going to have the Jetro and the Toyota lot and, uh, you know, the K lot. And it's going to affect that. The one park, the one parking lot that it could affect is like the media and VIP parking. Right. They move that over a little bit. I think overall, like having some other options that aren't Xfinity Live, maybe a little more family friendly mm-hmm. um, because, one of the reasons I hate going to games anymore, not on SEPTA is I hate that it takes me like 45 minutes to an hour of like white knuckle, you know, like there's no fluidity to leaving the lots down there. So if there was some place I could go with the family yeah. and actually like wait out traffic mm-hmm. and maybe have, uh, you know, a bowling experience or right, another right. meal where I could take the girls, something not Xfinity live. I think that would be a positive because then you could maybe stagger traffic a little bit. Um, so yeah. we'll see. I doubt it's going to happen in these in the way these drawings are showing. But yeah. it is. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. I know there were people saying then that's why you might as well just have the arena down in the city because that's, well, that's what, what you the would Sixers get in the city. Exactly yeah. in the city, you'd have the ability to go out of the game and just walk around the city and hit up you know a food spot or as you mentioned bowling or whatever it is. Um, I think it'd be kind of cool to be honest to have yeah. like most what I always, for people that don't live in the area and we kind of take this for granted because we're so close to it. And I know like I've, we've grown up on it, but for people that don't live in the area that come into the area to a game, they're always like, Whoa, this is so cool that you have this dedicated spot. Chickies and Peas is not cool. far. Xfinity's but it there, needs more. but it does need more. Yeah. And I feel like now's a great time 
because there's, first of all, the Philly sports teams in general being so, you know, successful in their respective leagues. There's more, even like a team like the Wings coming into the mix. There's more teams. There's more, there's just more opportunity there too with that. So to add in a space, as you mentioned, for all ages, because Xfinity really is like that college, fresh out of college age. Yeah. It's not really, you're not going there with your kids and your family for sure. No. But even like but you us can't older take it yeah. folks that want to like sit down and maybe watch the game, it's just not, it's not, it's not giving. No, I don't want to wait in a, <laughs> uh, a long line of. Oh my gosh, it's terrible. Like the bathroom situation. Like, here's the thing with I don't me. Hear if about I go to bathroom. an establishment where I can't get it's to worse the bathroom with us. easy or get a drink easy, I'm going to have a bad time. Um, and you know, nothing against Xfinity live. I think it's, it's fine for what it is, but it gets overcrowded anytime there's a, a, an event there. So, so more events or more places to go down there, the better, but you're never going to take the tailgating out of Philly. So no. you have to make sure you're not going to like impose too much on people's tailgating. Um, because you know, that's still my bread and butter. Yeah. Like I'm going at shout out game time, uh, going to a Thursday comedy show next week at Wells Fargo. And like we were all talking because everybody works nine to fives. It's like, well, dinner's out. Like maybe we could. And I was like, how about we just tailgate? So we're tailgating yeah. a stand up comedian. I love that. So, so like we're just going <laughs> to grab some Wawa hoagies um, and basically a, a case of Miller Lite and just stand at our trunks. So you, you can't don't step on the to tailgaters toes. Well, I think it would and add the neighborhood locals. And like other than that, I don't have a problem. with That's it. the thing. Like don't mess with the, the neighborhoods because, you know, that's a big part of it, too. And then also the convenience being able to take the subway is already there. So now if you add more, as you're mentioning, you can tailgate, but you can also pop into maybe a bar or a food spot because it's hard to even get into Xfinity, especially during the game. No, the line is ridiculous. And then once you're inside, the lines are ridiculous. So to add more spaces around there, I think it actually will just help the area, um, the economy yeah. in general. It's going to be pretty costly. Chris, but Chris Slemmer said they're doing the be, same thing down in Baltimore because yeah, M&T Bank Stadium and Camden Yards are relatively close, but mm -hmm. like kind of worlds apart because of how like disjointed the area is. So I right. think they're trying to do the same thing where there's like a more connective fan experience between the two stadiums. Yeah. Um, you guys have so. good ideas. I mean, as you were mentioning, Jamie, Trevor's agreeing, having like a PJs, something that's more family oriented. Maybe it's a sit down spot where you can go with the kids. I'd and love grab to wait out food. traffic. I'd you know, love to. having a good spot to watch the game. That's not, you know, that's a little bit of yeah. a family oriented demographic versus just like an Xfinity. So I, I'm all for it. I know Henry, you're, Talking, you're not. It doesn't seem like you're for it, Henry Three Thousand. But happy to have you here, nonetheless. Henry's and against so the downtown stadium and the additions to the parking lot. And so I don't seems, know what Henry. Honestly, is. a lot of people are. Hey, this is uh, this is a tough decision. It's like a a weird change to think about because it's this is taking what we've known for so many years and making it look completely different. But I feel like in the long run, we will like it. And as you mentioned, Jamie, the beauty of this all is when you're now down at the. You know, the new complex, if it does actually pass and you're sitting out with your family, maybe you want to grab some tickets and go into a game or a comedy show or a concert. And with the game time, I just app, did. you can do that just exactly as you did the other day, Jamie. It's nice and convenient, and easy. You download the game time app and on your phone, you can now easily find tickets. They are also constantly updating you when they have new tickets that are available or ticket prices that are lowered and so through the game time app as you download it and use that code phly you're able to get 20 dollars off of your purchase with the game time app the game time app just makes it a lot simpler to buy tickets to also see where you're going to be seated and they've got the full gamut of sports and entertainment comedy shows concerts games whatever it is that you want to go to through the game time app we can't promise the game won't be stressful but we can promise buying tickets will be 
So again, go to the Game Time app, download it, use code PHOY, get $20 off your purchase, and now see where you're going to be located for your seats. But also when you show up at the door, nice and easy to scan those tickets, get inside, and have some fun. That's all <laughs> through the Game Time app, the place for last-minute ticket deals. Uh, Mickey in the chat is saying uh, Washington and Pittsburgh did great jobs. They did. I stayed in a hotel <laughs> uh, in D.C. Yeah. for a wedding not long ago, and the rooftop bar looked right in center field uh, at the Nat Stadium. So, like, yeah, I mean, there there are some positives uh, from that. Another positive I can tell you about is Wheelhouse Cards. They have two great locations in Wayne and Westchester, and there are go-to sports card gift and apparel uh, shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is cards and community because a love of sports unites us all. And they carry all your favorite card brands. I mean, man, cards are so hot right now. Like, I just saw this story of a guy finding uh, an entire box of 1979 rare hockey cards that's worth like a million dollars because it's all unopened and pristine the, the card market's crazy right now and you got friends in the card market at wheelhouse cards uh not only are they cards but they also have a ton of great gear and apparel uh, from some of your favorite brands like mitchell and ness 47 brand junk food starter and one of my favorites shibe vintage sports and if you're looking to have your sports card collection graded which i need to do with what i picked apart in my basement through my old cards well, Wheelhouse has you covered with PSA grading submissions. They also host a ton of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every single month. So stop into either of the locations in Wayne or Westchester. Open seven days a week uh, at 11 a.m. and use code PHLY for $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in-store. And be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. Oh, Neil Dever says the 79 is the Gretzky rookie year card set. That's probably why that see, apparently some guy just either was cleaning out his attic or garage and found an entire, not just one box, like an entire case of these 1979 super rare hockey cards. And they said it's worth like was easily. was oh Gretzky good. Uh, I think he's got a couple records. <laughs> Heard about him before. Was I'm, I'm a Zamboni. Is, so is that why that card's valuable? Yeah. Because he's a good player? Yeah. Oh, okay. I figured it was something like that. <laughs> uh, that, that makes more sense. Yeah. Gretzky rookie cards are probably worth the yeah, pretty penny at wheelhouse I, I cards. Say, I, I've I always say, heard uh, Wayne Gretzky called the uh, Mikel Franco of, of hockey. So. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to come around any day That's now. Hilarious. Any day's the day. All right. Well, I see in the chat, Henry 3000, Dave, uh, my guy, Dave Dewar, Neil, you guys are talking about, well, Neil, you're talking about Gretzky, but also talking about, you know, just the plans around Xfinity. We'll see what happens. We'll see if it gets approved. We'll see how it helps the city. Um, some other things that are helping the city before we move along. Ryan Howard, not just helping the city of Philadelphia, but helping in general to uh, invite the Negro League's legends to the Rickwood game. So cool. the um, league has been inviting all Negro League players to attend. It's about 100, over 150 players that they've been in touch with over the last week or so. Representatives are going house to house, hand delivering invitations to players who still live in the area. Ryan Howard was one of them and actually led a group um, there sending out invitations with a letter signed by Commissioner Rob Manfred, and they're giving out these invitations for June 20th's game at Rickwood Field, which is going to be happening. And um, it's the Giants, and I'm blanking. the pot. It's not the Padres. Who's the second team that's playing in that game? I don't remember. I'm brain farting. I'm brain farting, actually. Um, but either way, that game happening on June 20th at Rickwood Field, it's a tribute to the Negro Leagues, and Ryan Howard's been actively involved in it. And it was great to see his interviews around it because he was even talking about the importance of it. He specifically delivered to six players, Joseph Marbury, Clinton 
AKA Tiny Forge, Ernest Harris, Alphonse Holt, AKA Al, Ferdinand Rutledge, and Charles Willis. And then he also has Walter Kegler, Andrew Bragg, and William Greeson, who's going to be delivering too. But Ryan Howard, who uh, talks about his connections, his maternal grandfather was a baseball player in the Industrial League who died before Howard was born. And he credits, of course, his genes to his grandfather and said he grew up with like his uncles and everything saying how similar his game was to his grandfather where he would either strike out or hit big. Um, and so, yeah, exactly. Uh, my so guy, I think you see. might be right. I think it is the Reds off the top oh, of my head. I feel like it Chris was, Lemmer said Giants. Uh, I know it was way. the Giants, but I actually can't remember. I, I thought like it was the Padres. Reds, I read. Uh, but that's really cool that. that Ryan Howard's doing that. Um, yeah, uh, Ryan Howard's it's the Cardinals. You know, Cardinals. Yeah, it's ah, the Giants I knew and the Cardinals. It, uh, it's down in St. Louis, so that part makes sense. Yeah, and Ryan Howard being from St. Louis mm-hmm. uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, Ryan Howard's a great dude. And, um, no. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So, a big piece. One of my favorite Phillies ever. Yes. Great to see. Um, also great to see my buddy Shoei Otani. Um, the secret's out, guys. I already knew this, but if you hadn't heard... He officially posted it. Very interesting way he posted that he's married. He's like, not only, you know, I'm entering a new chapter in my life, and I'm also married to a life, you know, a long time. Back off, ladies. That's basically what he said. I know you want a piece of the show. Eh? Back off. I'm taking. So uh, interesting. We don't know how long he's been married. He's very um, private. Like he wouldn't even private. let his dog's name be known. I know. You know, that's fine. We'll come to find out he's been married. So he's entering a whole new chapter Watch, in his he's been life married with for the like Dodgers. Six years. He probably has a child that we don't even know about. <laughs> He's got like a like, family of eight. <laughs> that, uh, the entire post was very like business professional. Oh, yeah. so He's like, hello, all. I am very in- excited to inform you of right, my next like, venture. What? I am married. <laughs> like, like, thankfully. It was like AI wrote it. Thankfully, <laughs> the caption of it, since I, I didn't see his direct post, I saw other people posting about it was like, Shoei Otani is married. So I knew going into it. But as you mentioned, Tyler, when you read the first part of it, it's like a press release. I'm like, what the heck is this? He, he put out the most business statement like announcement about him being married. He could have showed a ring. He could have showed like, I don't know, like a there's so many other creative ways, a picture of her. But yeah, he's, clearly he's married. Um, he's, he's not getting married. He is married. We have no idea how long. And like we were talking about, he who knows? Maybe there's little a little Shoei Otani out there we don't even know about. But uh, congrats to him and his wife. That's that's what we will say. Um, and then let's get into. I mean, I hit on actually we hit on. We're rolling through our show sheet today, Jamie. Look at us, and it's only eleven forty six. Well, that means it's time to start the top five bullpen. Arms. It is. We'll get into some other information around power rankings and things like that, manana. But we have to get through our top five relief pitchers this list was very difficult and as we've been doing every single episode we are talking through projections for 2024 for those that are new just a quick disclaimer projections for 2024 as to who we feel like is going to perform as the top five in their respective positions we're actually getting to the end of our list uh we've already ran through the entire outfield infield uh and now we're getting down to the nuts and crannies of bullpen relief Arms. So for relievers, it was tough because there's a lot of different names that you can throw in. It's like well, it you have a middle have a inning closer, reliever, you have yeah. a closer, right? Like you don't know um, middle reliever versus closer versus, you know, who's, I don't, it, it's just a lot. So I struggled with this, but I had to just lock in on my top five. And I'm starting my number five off with Edwin Diaz, Edwin Orlando Diaz, nickname. You t- in the chat, you were talking about nicknames. Nickname is Sugar. So for Edwin Diaz, who, um, you know, we've seen progress as a reliever, 
Now, for him, he's he has been an all-star closer. He's had injuries that he's dealt with, um, a knee injury that he dealt with. Of course, that was just shattering for the Mets to have that knee and that knee injury that ended his season. And for Edwin Diaz, I do see him getting back to what he was prior to that. So far in spring training, there's been some positive notes about how he's been getting back, how he's been looking, you know, how he's been progressing and coming off of that injury. Now for Edwin Diaz, who uh, just 29 years old, after missing the season, he's been talking about how much he can't wait to get going and how excited he is. And I think we're going to get to see him, be more of that level of what we saw in 2022. You know, coming out of 2022, he's one of the best relievers across the league. Cy Young, MVP votes. He had a 1-3-1 ERA, and he was supposed to continue that into 2023. But um, not only does he have one of the best walkout songs, but he definitely is one of the best talented relievers. So back in the fold this year, after having that 2020 season of one, the 1-3-1 ERA, 32 saves, 118 strikeouts, and a sub-1 whip Edwin Diaz starts the list off for me at number five. Sugar, sugar. Uh, yes, I, I I am not afraid to admit the trumpet entrance is cool. <laughs> um, I know he's a Met and it sucks, but like when the stadium gets go, what's the guy's name? Timmy Trumpets or something like oh, that. Man. Whatever the hell his name is, it's a pretty cool entrance. I'll give him that. Um, so I'll get it started with my number five, and that's now Tyler. Yoan. <laughs> Look at you. I did it. I'm so proud Yo of you. On. It's just like Yo Duran. It's like Yoro. Yeah, it's like just like Yoro. Yo no, it's not. Duran. No, no, no. Rojas Yo is Johan. Yeah, this is Johan. You don't say the H as much, but it's Johan. Johan. It's not Johan. No, it's Johan. But it's similar, at least. Johan Duran from the Minnesota Twins. Part of the reason why the Twins have a lot of excitement out there this year. They have a pretty good ball club. Uh, still pretty young in his career, only pitched two years now. Uh, I'd like to see his whip drop a little bit. He was a little bit north of a 1-1 whip last year, but his ERA, 2.45. His war was basically a 2. Uh, you know, pretty steady 67 innings there. Decent strikeout rate. Uh, he ranges in the two years between 33 and 37% there. Very low walk rate. His walk rate was down around 8%. Uh, just an up and comer that I think is, uh, you know, on the verge of of being a, you know, baseball nerd household name. Uh, Yoan Duran is my number five. Yeah, really, really difficult. Uh, it is tough to pick. There's like ten guys that I, there's two I or could, three that are kind of locks, yeah. and then like yeah, and then, then everybody 15 else is guys. You could kind of make a case. Agree, for. and I think it's uh, what's also difficult is playing for your third team in three years, and I'm interested to see how this guy responds to it. I expect it to be pretty positive because he's been good in every year of his career except one. I'm going to start with Josh Hader at number five. Uh, a really rough 2022 for him, and quite frankly, it was really just a rough couple of weeks, like the June July period in 20. 2022 where he really struggled and, and guys if you remember it almost feels like it started with that game-changing uh ninth inning against the Phillies where yeah. Alec Bohm and Matt yeah. Veerling went yard and beat him and it seemed like he just like couldn't get out Veerling. of that funk and he finished with a 5-2 ERA over two teams in 2022 last year bounced back extremely well like we expected him to a 1.28 ERA 33 saves his 30th uh, 30 saves for the fourth time in five seasons. 
Uh, this guy really limits base runners other than that 2022 year, a 1.1 whip. The strikeout rates are off the charts, 85 strikeouts over the course of 56 innings pitched. It's almost 14 strikeouts per nine. He's at 15 for his career. He's going to be 30, and he enters his, his year 30 bastard. season. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like he's been in the league forever, and he's only 30. I'm going to go Hater at five, and everybody above this, there's one justifiable reason that I'm going with them above Hater at five. Okay, interesting. Moving on to number four, I'm going with 26-year-old Yohan Duran, who has, in the first two seasons, really hit the majors. His first two seasons in the majors really hit the ground running. And I agree with a lot of what you said, Jamie. And just to echo, when you look at this, the numbers from his first two seasons, Yohan had a two, has had a 2.15 ERA, a 105 whip, 173 strikeouts, 41 walks, and 130 innings pitched and progressed uh, to have a great 2022 season of a 186 ERA, 89 strikeouts in 57 games, and then follow that up with a 2.45 ERA, 84 strikeouts and 27 saves with a 1-1-4 whip. He has really been able to be consistent, which is tough to do, especially in the first two seasons of some great numbers. Listen, Yoan's uh, pitches alone that he throws, and his team was talking about, his catcher specifically, but his team was talking about, like he's got one of the nastiest pitches that you've seen. That fastball splitter uh, sinker mix that he has that has the ability to hit around 104 miles per hour, you know, he has some really, really dirty stuff that he's throwing. And so, Yoan, 26 years old, still very young and very talented in how he's kicked off his first two seasons in Major League Baseball, which puts him on number four because I think he's going to continue that into 2024, guys. MBD, uh, you are nothing if not consistent <laughs> in your hate for Blake Respect Snell that. and Josh Hader. Haterade uh, continues. Yeah, kudos MBD to you, MBD. Uh, I'll take the baseball opinion of the Houston Astros over you. No offense. Um, <laughs> uh, but I but I thank you for being in here and hit that thumbs up button. Uh, and spoiler we're going alert, Josh Hader is in my remaining four. <laughs> yes. Uh, I know you hate him, and I know he didn't take the ball late and wouldn't go several <laughs> innings and, and all that stuff. But he, the, the, Oh, I think he's got a loser attitude. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not to mention he's kind of a POS on top and of it all. And we, we're going based off of numbers and their baseball performance, yeah. not based off of who they are as people, because otherwise there's been a number of guys that we've yeah. had our top five. So, so number it. four for me, I'm going to go – Evan Phillips from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Another annoying reason about the Dodgers is Evan Phillips probably isn't even mentioned by a lot of people uh, in terms of great bullpen arms. He's entering his seventh year in Major League Baseball. I I guess you could say last year was his uh, put him on the table. Welcome to the party. (laughs) MVD, keep it up. Uh, Last year was (laughs) phenomenal. His whip last year was .832. That is absolutely filthy. Uh, just north of 60 innings pitched with 66 strikeouts. Uh, basically stepped into the closer role when he wasn't supposed to be that. Ended up with 24 saves on the year. Uh, a 2.05 ERA. Pretty much a two war. Uh, and and Evan Phillips really kind of cemented himself uh, as one of the top bullpen arms in baseball last year. I was coming off of that uh, dad strength. Shout out to Evan. He almost was in my top five. But I was being a little biased because I, his wife is phenomenal and a friend of mine. And they had really? their first son. Yeah. I'll have yeah. to see if I can reach out and get. You'll have to tell him that he made our top five bullpen like, Did you see the probably the news? greatest honor of his career. <laughs> well, when, we ha- when the but Phillies play a- the Dodgers, we have a guest. You bet. You, you got you to gotta use your uh, connections. Basically, you got to use what you got. But they just had their first child, uh, their Dad son, Bo, last 
last year. So maybe oh, yeah. some of that dad strength kicked in. Nice. Shout uh, out my to daughter's Liz. got a friend named Bo. We have a Bo here at BHO. Yeah, Bo's a Bo's a popular. Bo's are booming. Bo's a Bowen. Yeah. So that's my number four. <laughs> Who you got, Tyler? All right, guys. I'll make it three for three on this guy. I'm going to go Yoan Duran at my number four mm. spot as well. When we talk about Renee, you brought it up earlier on the uh, in your list. When I talk about who, like, the filthiest pitches in baseball, I've said this before. Yoan Duran's splitter is one of the three filthiest pitches in the game. I think I think about three guys in particular. Devin Williams. Devin Williams' changeup, Kodai Senga's ghost fork, and his splitter. And it's just, like, falls off the table, wipeout, devastating. In Heading into his third season, um, this 30, guy— 37% K rate's good, Tyler. I, It's just off the charts good. 84 <laughs> strikeouts and 62 innings pitched this year. 89 strikeouts and 67 pitches last year. And guys, let me give you this number. Uh, do you know who uh, of qualified pitchers, on average, who threw the hardest fa- four-seam fastball in Major League Baseball last year? I'm going to go with Duran. Duran. You know who did yeah. it with the curveball last year? I'm going to go with Duran. How about the splitter? Let's go I'm three gonna go for with three. I'm going to go with Duran. Great American ballpark. The overarching theme about this guy is he throws gas yeah. with everything. And and quite frankly, I, I don't know if he's fully tapped out yet. He's only heading into his 26-year-old season, a 180 ERA in 2022, a 2-4 ERA in 2023. And Jamie, I'll take it a step further from what you said. You think he's kind of getting into that nerd household name? Scratch that. I think he's getting into household territory. This guy's going to be one of the better closers in baseball, one of the better relievers in baseball, whether he's a closer or somebody set up, man, however you... High leverage arm. Yes, high leverage arm. (laughs) The highest leverage. This kid's a stud, and he's only getting better. I have him at four, and I wouldn't be stunned by the end of the year if he's like two or three. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, MBDBDBF, close your ears for my number three, because uh, if you're sipping on that haterade, Josh Hader is my number three reliever. Listen, when you look at what he's done, and I know you, you guys talked about the fact he's been on three different teams, but this team, he has not been on a team at the level of the Astros. And that to me is what's going to help elevate his game this season. When you look over the last couple of seasons, his career batting average against is a 156. He struck out 42.2% of batters faced during his eight seasons. And then in a stretch from August 2021 to June 2022, recorded 40 consecutive scoreless appearances. Josh Hader is among relievers with at least 40 innings pitched, second with a 127 ERA of last season, third with a 38.7% strikeout rate. As much as you may not like who he is as a person, who he is as a as a pitcher, as a baseball player, is phenomenal. And I think with him being with the Houston Astros, just to add to what you guys mentioned, actually will only elevate his game because you are, much like Witt was talking about with the Phillies, a part of a team that's in a win-now position, which will allow you to mature and elevate your game as well. So as much as you may not want to like it, I think 2024 might be a big season for Josh Hader, guys. Yeah, I'm going to also have Josh Hader at my number three. Uh, You know, knocks against him as he doesn't want the ball for multiple innings. Put guys uh, on base with walks. He had a a career-high 13% walk Mm -hmm. rate last year. Uh, The counter to that is his strikeout rate is tremendous. It's been 46 and 47%. At points in his career last year was 37%. Two years ago was 42%. So, you know, you take, um, I, I guess the good with the bad there with Josh Hader, his ERA was 1.28 last year. Now you'd like to see that whip drop a little bit. He is uh, just at the one, one mark. So if he could get that a little bit lower, I think, uh, yeah, you hate him all you want, but like if you're getting a guy on base with a walk occasionally, but then you're striking out nearly 50% of the batters yeah. you face, like, 
you can kind of live with that. Brad Lidge was able to have some exceptional years as a closer, uh, but would give you heart attacks every single time, but he was able to get out of it. Um, so, you know, that's part of, that's part of being a relief pitcher is can you get yourself out of jams? And with that strikeout rate, Josh Hader can get himself out of jams. And a startling MBD, stat. like a not startling, top 10 is, you, I understand you don't like the guy, but like, <laughs> well, come on. A startling stat <laughs> that uh, I forgot to add to your point, Jamie. Hader has been in 16 career postseason appearances, and in 14 of them, he has not been scored on. He's got a 137 postseason ERA. And of course, the last playoff action was in 2022 with San Diego. But you have the ability to get to the playoffs again with the Houston Astros. And for him to not only have great numbers over his career, but also when it matters most in the playoffs, as much as you may not like him, that's very terrifying for what he can add to the Astros. So, Tyler, what's your number three? I'm yeah, curious. So I saw a, a comment earlier on the uh, on the on the chat that said the Mets may not win a lot of games, so it might be difficult for Edwin Diaz to rack up saves. And I'm going to tell you, I, saves do not a reliever make. Saves look great, right? If you have 40 plus saves, that's fantastic. But if there's guys that aren't going to get any saves this year that are elite relievers. And Edwin Diaz bouncing back from that injury um, is somebody that I would bet high leverage situations somebody on. Somebody that I used to know. He's going to be somebody that you do know uh, again oh. uh, this season because yeah, the, the last his last full season, 2022, a 1.3 ERA, gave up just nine runs in 62 innings. Yes, he did have 32 saves. He had 32 saves the year prior with the Mets as well. Once at 57 saves with the Seattle Mariners back in 2018. But the whip is where I think that he's going to hold his bread and butter. His last full season was a .84 whip. Even if he's back up to like his career of 1.06, he's still going to be a legit back-end, high-leverage situation type of closer for the Mets. And yes, I don't think the Mets are going to be all that good. But this is about who are the best relievers in the game, not just who's accumulating saves. 118 strikeouts and 62 innings pitched in his last full season. Guys, that's a 17.1 strikeouts per nine, and he averaged almost seven strikeouts per walk in his final season. I expect a little bit of a regression year just because it's going to be difficult to get back to that form after such a severe injury in the World Baseball Classic with Puerto yeah. Rico. But I will say, I'm banking on this guy being good. I'd be stunned if he's not. All right, number two, someone that I'm expecting to have an even bigger year this year uh, after last year's performance, Emmanuel Classe, another youngster, 26 years old, blew uh, at least 11 saves last year. But when you look overall at the big picture for the season, Classe finished with 44 saves, which is top across the league. He also had a 3.22 ERA, a 1.16 whip, and had a stretch where in the second half of the season, he was pitching his at his best. He had a 3-9 record towards the, the end of the season, which also included a 2-4-2 ERA and a 1-1-2 whip. So also progressed as the season went on. And if he, with his signature cutter that he's able to throw, can continue to build off of how he ended 2023, uh, Emmanuel Classe should have a big season in 2024. One of those guys we've talked about that we'd love to see with the Phillies. Um, but I feel like for this season, with the numbers that we've seen overall throughout his career, Emmanuel Classe is my one of my top relief pitchers, guys. Oh, MBD's throwing it down. He says, I'll put my money where my mouth is. Your choice, if Hater is top 10 in FIP or ERA in 2024, $500 donation to the charity of your choice. Wow. Um, okay, it sounds like we don't have to risk anything here, MBD. You're on. <laughs> so if he ends up uh, top... What the... <laughs> 
Uh, I don't even who's, know how who's that calling you. Um, <laughs> Hello. So MBD Domino's Fairbanks isn't on the list. No, he was considered Emmanuel Classe. Fairbanks were like my six, seven guys. That's the thing we said. There's like honestly it's 10 tough. to 15 guys that you could include in the top five relief pitchers. Yeah, I mean, Alvarado's probably in that top 12 discussion. Mm -hmm. um, Fairbanks is definitely up there. Uh, but for my number two, I'm going with Edwin Diaz. I, mm. I think an injury, you know, I, I have complete faith like Tyler does that he's going to bounce back from this. Uh, absolutely one of the best relief arms in baseball. Um, you know, a 0.839 whip in his last healthy season, his strikeouts per nine was 17.1 that year. Um, and you know, he just is flat out one of the best closers in baseball. I don't know what else is there to say about it. Uh, the Mets might not have those save opportunities for him, but when Edwin Diaz comes in the game, he's going to shut people's asses down. Uh, so Edwin Diaz, my number two. I guess how about a little love for somebody that's not a closer? We've only had closers on this well, list Evan so Will far. Evan Phillips like kind of was thrust into yeah. that. Yeah, so how, how about we do that for the first time today because I <laughs> am so high on this guy and very rarely will you see a list in which a team's closer is lower on the list than their team's setup man, but it's going to be the case here. My number two is Brian Abreu from the Houston Astros. Ooh, this guy gets no love at all, and he's posted sub two ERAs two of each, the top five on your, each of the last the two seasons. That's how good I think that this bullpen can be, and it's how good I think that the, the Houston Astros can be again this year. Guys, uh, Brian Abreu on qualified pitchers, his run value on his slider this year was – a 15, which was tied for sixth in Major League Baseball. Every pitcher ahead of him, with the exception of Will Smith and Tanner Scott, uh, excuse me, and Gregory Santos. So it's about half and half. I was going to say about half and half for starters. But the point being is, Brian Abreu's slider is wipeout filthy. Posted a sub-2 ERA each of the last two seasons. 100 strikeouts in 72 innings pitched last year. 88 and 60 the year prior. That's 13.1 and 12.5. The strikeout to walk ratios up in the high threes each of the last two years. This guy is the kind of guy that when you want high leverage outs, you, they don't high leverage outs don't wait around till the ninth inning. Sometimes you just need to get outs when you need to get outs. And if there's nobody in baseball, I don't think that I could come up with anybody that is in a non-closer role that I would put that I would want on the mound more than Brian Abreu in a high leverage spot. This guy continues to do it. He's only 27 years old. I thought that he was their closer in waiting until they signed Josh Hader. Ryan Presley's probably going to move on at the end of the year. Even with Josh Hader at the back end of the bullpen, um, Abreu Hader 8 9 is it's something filthy. that is really, really mm -hmm. gross. I love Brian Abreu. Yeah. Why don't you marry him already then? <laughs> I I considered having Brian Abreu on my list as well. It was very tough. But my number one guy that I'm going with who has a wide range in his arsenal that he can throw at you, it can be a four-seamer, it can be a cutter, it can be a signature pitcher, the airbender. It is Devin Williams. Devin Williams, please come to Philly. Listen, Devin Williams, who um, has continued to just progress in his career the last two seasons, he's got 54 saves between the two years. His whip that he had uh, a 153 ER excuse me 153 ERA this past season with whip a 101 and a sub 1 at 90 at 0.92 Devin Williams continues to just be consistent get better he's in the prime of his career he's someone that you rely on you can rely on in big moments and he's someone that has continued to just lock up any anytime he takes a mound you know what to expect from him and he relies on his airbender 57% of the time it averages about 84 miles per hour his changeup he's just 
you never know what he's throwing your way. Uh, Devin Williams, I don't even know how much I could possibly say about him except come to Philly. Uh, definitely still the top guy, in my opinion, across the league. Yep, no surprise here. Devin Williams, uh, my number one as well. When you have one of the nastiest pitches in baseball, on top of some of the nastiest statistics to back you up, .9 whip last year, 87 strikeouts in 58 and two-third innings pitched. Wild. Case closed. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> three for three. Let's move on. It's, yeah. De- it's it's Devin Williams. It's it, to me. We just talked about those th- the three pitches that I think are the are the best in baseball. If I had to choose, I'm picking Williams changeup. It just like it, it 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 defies the laws of physics at times. And his run value on his changeup last year, uh, I believe, finished fourth in all of Major League Baseball. Uh, number one on that list was uh, Logan Webb. As a starter, used his changeup 42% of the time, which is just insane. That's nuts. Um, But he actually, excuse me, finished third. Devin Williams did. Um, There's not a whole lot to add that you guys haven't already added. This kid's filthy. He's only uh, 20 going into his year 29 29, season. 1.9 ERA two years ago, 1.5 last year. He has not had a bad year yet. And it was why Milwaukee was so confident and so easily moved on from I guess we're really just making MBD's point here of moving on from Josh Hader so confidently Mm -hmm. uh Devin Williams is a freak well yeah it's easy to move on from Josh Hader when you have the airbender coming up behind you and young and cheap but again like Chris is saying and like I stressed uh what would make this top five even better finishing with number one is comes on over to the Phillies at some point yeah please Milwaukee suck and uh, request a trade out of there (laughs) Devin Williams please Class A was, yeah, number two for me. But he listen, was number six, the, Class A for me. The list for top relievers, uh, very tough because as we talked about, there's so many guys, depending on if you're looking at closers or, you know, where, where they are um, in the order. There's a lot of names. But uh, there's also a lot of names for Guess That Stands. We are getting down to the final days of Guess That Stands. Final uh, two, Renee. I know. It's happening, guys. We are winding down. We've got more trivia games and fun games that we'll be adding into our arsenal as we move forward. But we are in the final two days. It's been difficult. Yesterday was like a 12 out of 10 in terms of difficulty. Um, Tyler, what's today's difficulty? What do we got? Uh, I would say that this is probably a 7 difficulty. Okay. okay well, we are at the bottom of the barrel here. So uh, I guess they're all going to be yeah, kind of I mean, hard. we're now dealing with guys that played less than 60 games in a Phillies jersey. Ooh. No, this guy played more than 60 games. Woohoo, okay. A little, a little, uh, a little chunk. Yeah. And that's definitely... A shorter guy, right? He looks a little. Looks sloppy. pretty short. Looks like a little chi- um, either a baggy jersey or chi- yeah, that's right-handed. Yeah, it's a righty. Although that is might be back easy- to us. Is this back to us? <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the easier ones we've actually do- ever done. And yeah, he um, actually looks like a righty. Also, guys, too. I know it's hard to tell, but the one thing that we've not you've not utilized on these images is you would see an ear flap if they were facing if their back was facing you. Because remember, you're, the major league hitters only use one ear flap for the most part. But it's like hard to see with the. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I'm not saying it's the easiest, but I'm saying like it would be a little bit more defined, I think, so if there was a second ear flap. Okay, so you're saying he is a righty. Kevin, I agree with you. It did kind of remind me of Carlos Ruiz, but we did him early on. That's um, what I was thinking of too. Yeah, exactly. and Dave, Jake Cave was a seven because he's currently on the team. Probably, if he had played like five <laughs> years ago, he would have been a nine. Definitely some baggy. Who's short clothes. and chunky? And like his uniform's not a great fit though. Looks, looks like Armin like. Killebrew. <laughs> Ooh. 
Carlos Santana is actually a good one uh, in terms of a name that we haven't used. I, I would have told you this if he was a switch hitter, though. This is the former player. No, it's it's the fanatic. <laughs> I'm yes. not a current guy. Oh, oh, okay. I get what you're saying. I'm, sorry, I'm like, not no, a current player. No, it's Jamie in, 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 with, with, with a batting stance. Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, so from 2006 to present, but I, I feel like this is not a, a guy that's on the team right now. And you said he played a lot of games for the Well, Phillies. more than 50. I mean, I'm not going to say he played 1,000. Okay. okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. I feel like this is a catcher. Okay. Um, we did Marlon Bird, didn't we? Mm, yes, yeah, I believe I so. Did. I'm going to go. <laughs> for some reason, this just feels like a catcher to me. This guy played just about 300 games for the Phillies. Oh, boy. Um, All right, I'm just going to fire because we're already over our time limit. Yeah. I don't feel confident about this. I have, like, next to no confidence. I'm going to go, come on, MacBook. Bring up Tyler (laughs) Zuli's name so I can text him. This guy was too tall. My guess, I know. That's I'm the thing. Wrong. I can't think of something that's smaller. I feel like this smaller. person's short, and I, I went with. All right, Jamie's tall. answer's locked in. Um, I'm just gonna. Oh, dang it. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm between a couple, but I'm. Oh, me and Trevor, don't look, don't look. Oh, well, that's not fair. I know. I didn't mean to say it. Dang it, okay. Danny Tartable. Marlon yeah, Anderson, I think we use Sal Fasano is not a bad one. I okay. feel like this is a Tyler. Catcher. I'm gonna try to text you. Okay, let's I'm do go it with somebody random. <laughs> All right, I think I'm okay. It's happening. This is happening. All right. Ah. Any day now. Okay, but oh, although today's not a real day, so you can do whatever you want. Today is a very real day. Happy birthday to everybody who. Are we paid for today, or does this not really exist in the pay scale? Oh yeah, do we get? Is it considered? Is it an extra day? Just holiday, holiday pay. Yeah. <laughs> Fake day pay, where Just... it's like three times your normal rate. That would be great. <laughs> Fake day pay. All right, Renee's answers in both really good guesses. Oh, um, thank you. I will tell you both very good guesses because the builds were right is on, it a catcher uh it is in fact a catcher i knew it no! so uh renee your answer of jason nix is incorrect no i was gonna uh, go wow. jamie you were in the on the right position but the wrong player jamie sent me eric kratz not a single person got this one right today this is a guy that looks like he should either have hit 30 home runs a season or have been in game of thrones and he did neither of them it's cameron rupp uh, I thought it was too small to be. I really thought this was somebody under six foot. Kent and so I was looking at that 2012 Rupp, ros- you know, roster era because of the jerseys and everything and the size. But I felt like Cameron was too tall. But he looks. I guess it's more. It's just zoomed in. It looks shorter than what he. Ugh. I just really didn't think it was somebody over six feet. But okay. All right, guys. Well, this has been fun. I'm glad nobody got it right, guys. Listen, tomorrow's our day. We're going to end this game on a high note. We're going to all guess it correctly, or at least somebody's going to guess it correctly. But I like seeing different people in the chat. Uh, Kevin, Dave, Jim, MBDBDBF, Mickey Ray. So nice to have you all here. We're back live 11 a.m. tomorrow for more here on PHY Phillies Podcast. Enjoy your leap day. It's an extra 24 hours. We only get once every four years. Make the most of it. Have a great rest of your day. And we'll see you back tomorrow, March 1st. It'll be the start of a new month and the start of a new episode. Baseball season. And baseball season. The month that we kick off baseball season will be happening starting tomorrow. So have a great one for Tyler, Jamie, myself, Renee. See you more for...
on PHY Phillies next time. Bye. Y'all silly like the mayor. 